Labor Day weekend so far. Did anybody step outside this morning and just think, man, that's some good weather? Yeah? Just low humidity. I mean, that, that's the thing that I look forward to celebrating the most around this time of, of year is just the humidity going anywhere. I love Virginia. I think Virginia is the best commonwealth in the United States of America. And uh, the only thing, if I could change, would be humidity. If I could just take that away. And I know some of you have like, I've lived in Florida or I've lived in Louisiana. That you ain't seen nothing yet. But still, that, that would be the one thing. Uh, but anyway, I know this is the weekend that a lot of us look forward to. Some of us get an extra day off. Maybe you got some barbecue, uh, something you're gonna, some meat you're gonna smoke or something this weekend, and you're gonna look forward to that. Um, and I also know that for a lot of localities around here, it marks the last hurrah before the school year begins. And I know there's all kinds of mixed thinking and feelings and emotions that are coming along with that this year as kids are thinking about what school is gonna look like uh, coming up. But one of the things that we got to do as a church family is we got to partner with Fresh Start. And yesterday, uh, we actually were able to provide backpacks fully stocked with supplies. I'm looking at Sylvia over here. She's here this morning. Sylvia's amazing. She directs Fresh Start for single mothers and their children. She is. And, and for those of you uh, not here, you can't see, she's take, shaking her head no because she is, she is humble and she doesn't look for any kind of praise or anything like that. But we were able to partner with them as a church, provide backpacks, and then uh, we were able to actually provide headphones and computer mice. That's the plural of computer mouses. I don't know if you knew that. And we were able to do that together along with other Fresh Start supporters of the church family. So we just want to celebrate that. 39 kids. And, I'm sorry, 45. So I came under that. So we can celebrate that real quick. If you're at home, you can clap. If you're here, you can clap. I am so grateful for all the volunteers and our church family and Sylvia who leads all that uh, for us to be able to partner and support that ministry. Um, as Christians, we believe that the on earth as it is in heaven kingdom of God is something that we are supposed to live out. And that includes helping other people. It includes loving others in a conspicuous way uh, so that others can see God's love and experience it. And one of the primary building blocks for the love of God we're meant to have for one another, and in order to share that, is compassion. Compassion is why the gospel is good news. And it has been a part of who God is and who he calls his people to be from the beginning. And so in Zechariah chapter 7, God is reprimanding the nation of Israel because of their period of rote religious posturing. And so he reminds them of the type of people they are supposed to be as his people. In Zechariah chapter 7, verse, starting verse 8, the word of the Lord came again to Zechariah. And this is what the Lord Almighty said. Administer true justice, show mercy and compassion to one another. Do not oppress the widow or the fatherless, the foreigner, or the poor. Do not plot evil against each other. And don't, don't we need the same reminder today? And, and I do mean us. We need that reminder because even though the nation of Israel, for example, was surrounded by other nations and other people that did not believe in God and did not live their lives in godly ways, their call was to be set apart in how they interacted with the world. And there are a lot of beliefs and actions today that we're tempted to be drawn into that are born out of fear, they're born out of anger, they're born out of worry, they're born out of division. Uh, maybe causing us to be more focused on who we're enemies with rather than that we're fellow human beings created in the image of God. But that must not distract the people of God from the mercy and the compassion that we're to show to one another and to share with others, particularly those who are in need. 
The most natural thing to do when things are happening in life is to think about how we're impacted as individuals, but when we pause for perspective and put ourselves in the place of others, it doesn't take much to find a place of compassion. When you start with compassion, you see opportunities for compassion, and that's how God calls us to live. That's how Jesus lived his life. And so today, today for us as a church family is Compassion Sunday. Uh, we're focusing specifically on compassion. We're focusing on uh, actually a global nonprofit called Compassion International. They serve uh, children throughout the world in 25 different countries through the local church. They help provide food and clothing and education and medicine, um, and they deal with some of the most difficult issues in life when it comes to children in poverty. It began in 1952 uh, with this organization and churches supporting K Korean War orphans uh, for just a few dollars a month and has since uh, spread to millions of children being served through out the globe. Uh, here are some stats for, from Compassion. Worldwide, 385 million children live in extreme poverty. Over 60 million primary school age children don't attend school. And nearly 50% of deaths of children under five are linked to undernutrition. And then you take that reality and overlay it with a crisis like COVID-19. The World Food Program predicts that 265 million people will be facing food insecurity by the end of 2020, unless action is quickly taken. And the United Nations is currently predicting that this crisis will set the developing world back 10 years. Now, when I read that and I hear those things, that sounds pretty overwhelming. Uh, there's so many injustices that are widespread across the world that we could write a whole list, unfortunately, and it can be difficult to see a way forward that would make a difference. But there are places and there are moments and there are people and there are organizations like Compassion International that are taking that and say, hey, we're going we're gonna to worry about that one, one person at a time, one child at a time. And so one of the things that I would encourage you to do is just consider what it might look like for your family to support a Compassion International child. And so we've got a table out in the lobby for those of you who are here that you can check out and see the different kids and where they're from all over the world to be able to support them. If you're at home, you can actually text LOVE to 83393 to sponsor a child, and they will send you a kid uh, through text messaging, and you can check that out and consider uh, supporting them. Uh, but here's, here's why we're talking about this, and here's why compassion matters. And not just through Compassion International, but just in general, why it's the way of Jesus. It's easy by, to get directed by what we feel is within our power to accomplish or achieve in life or take care of. And because of despair, it's also easy to get caught in losing sight of the internal significance of compassionate action. Even if we don't feel like we can take on as much as we want, the need is enormous. But God is bigger, and he gives us a role to play, and he models it for us. It's a part of his character and his nature. God came to earth in human form through the person of Jesus, and Jesus' ministry was marked by compassion. In Matthew chapter 9, verses 35 through 38, we find this description of Jesus' ministry. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. When Jesus came, 
He, he was not shocked or surprised by the condition of the world. Um, he simply recognizes the humanity of the world and the reality of what so many people have to deal with and are living through. He has compassion because he knows the truth of our situation and that it doesn't have to be that way. And even as God in the form of, of, of a man, he came and he had compassion for what we go through in life. Compassion is a gut-deep feeling that causes us to leap into action. It's when the word is used here in Scripture, it's literally describing your bowels turning. You know, like when you're nervous about something, you get butterflies. In your, I don't know why we say it so nicely like that. We get butterflies in our stomach. I don't know. There's some, maybe something about butterflies literally in our stomach that seems a little bit more palatable or something like that. But it's that feeling that you get when, it's, oh, man, there's something wrong here and something needs to be done about it. It's compassion that, God call, that caused God to look down on our state of living and our state of our relationship with him because of our sin and sent Jesus uh, to give us the privilege of being redeemed to him. People without Jesus in their lives are helpless and harassed. And, and there's certainly a difference between us and Jesus. We can't go around performing instantaneous miracles around people and, and healing them like Jesus did to gather a crowd. But this willingness of Jesus to go out of his way, to care for people's physical needs, is what drew people to the message that he had from God. The message of the kingdom of God would have been no less true if Jesus didn't care about any of the things that people were going through in their life, but it would have been missing a key component of who God is if that didn't exist. It would have made the gospel devoid of its power because God's design for the kingdom and for who he is is to impact the here and now, our lives and what we go through. So when Jesus tells his disciples in this passage, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few, ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field, that the need isn't just for people who believe in the message of Jesus, but it's the need is for people who will share that message and people who will work toward that message. If we take Jesus' imagery here a step further, when we harvest something, that means that the crop is ripened. It's ready for the picking. And so being out and among the harassed and helpless, maybe that seems overwhelming to us at times. But when Jesus sees that, he says, hey, there's a great ready opportunity for us to be able to show compassion to provide the action step Jesus is looking for. There's no lack of opportunity, only a lack of people who are willing to help. And Jesus gets plenty of flack for this. There are people that, you know, he shouldn't have been spending his time with. There are people that were sinners that he shouldn't help. Untouchables he wasn't supposed to draw near to. But that's because people didn't realize that the status quo was never meant to stay the status quo. With so many different ways that people need help locally, domestically, internationally, the number of options alone can, uh, you know, trying to figure out what deserves our attention the most, um, it can be difficult to know where to point our attention and during this pandemic, as a church, we've had unique opportunities to be able to help other people. We've served through the school system. We've done quarantine care packages for our community. Uh, we've helped with foster care. We've helped with nursing homes. So many great areas, uh, well, well deserving. And yet, for each and every one of us as individuals, I believe that God has gifted us in, in, in ways that maybe we aren't aware of, with a variety of gifts and passions that when combined with helping others, we take part in the kingdom difference that compassion is meant to make. And so I just want to ask you, like, what are the things that affect you to your gut? 
And I'm not talking about when you go to Buffalo Wild Wings and you get the hot barbecue wings. Like, but what, what is the stuff that really gets to you? When you look at the world and you see people hurting, what, what are the things that turn your stomach? Because those might be the very thing that the Holy Spirit is guiding you to in considering how you might look for opportunities to show compassion to others. And the way that you know if the Holy Spirit is directing you in this way is to ask yourself, what are the things that affected Jesus to his gut, that are, that are close to God's heart at, at, at his core of who he is? And maybe you just feel overwhelmed, like, I don't know where to start. I can't really make a difference. Um, there's so much fear and cynicism. There's so many things that people need to take a stand and, and make a difference in. But I, I can simplify that list for you and let you know this that most of the things that people are bent out of shape about these days, those, those aren't the things. You, you can cut down your list quite a bit when you consider what are the things that are near and dear to God's heart. You know, compassion is driven by people, not concepts. And so the more that we feel compelled to share opinions and repeat, uh, I don't know, uh, you know, platforms, whatever it may be, like those are not the things that accomplish anything in life. It's actually taking real action based on the needs of real people. In order for it to work, we have to choose compassion over condemnation. And we can't let the way the world operates, the way the world talks, the way the world acts with each other be a part of who we are as followers of Jesus. Jesus models this for us time and again throughout his ministry. And yes, while still telling the truth, he was able to do both, and so can we. And so I just want to encourage you, if you would take 30 minutes this week at some point, just to, just to write about and, and make a list for yourself over the last few months with everything that's gone on, how, how, has my, uh, how is my com level of compassion, my compassion quotient, you know, for people and for life, where, where is that? Over the last few months, has it gone up because of things that are going on in the world, or has it gone down? If your compassion hasn't grown, maybe, maybe kind of mark some things, uh, uh, make a list of, of notes beside each of those issues where your compassion has dropped, and consider what, what are the things that I'm not doing that God has called me to for that to happen in my life. You know, Jesus was with people who were harassed and helpless. Jesus talked with people and understood their predicament. And then Jesus acted on that through understanding in godly ways. Condemnation is always preceded by inaction in our lives. And we need compassion. We need to show that because when we disengage from people and we disengage from problems, condemnation is what grows in our heart. God knows this about us, and this is why he models his compassion for us. So whether it's on a smaller scale as individuals or as a church or with a local international nonprofit with cross-cultural missions work, it's important to be reminded why we're called to be compassionate. Our family supports a compassion child, um, and that's been a transformative experience for us, for our kids. It's an amazing, teachable moment. You're going to hear a little bit about that. But um, whether you choose to support a compassion child or not, that, that's not the point uh, this, this morning. That would be a great thing to do. And like I said, there are packets out in the lobby. We'd love for you to check out. You can text LOVE to 83393 to sponsor a child. If nothing else, though, what I want us to take away is this idea that there's a harvest of helpless and harassed people that Jesus says, if, if, just, if just we, we could have just a few more people who are willing to care about that, 
the harvest is plentiful. People are ready and they're desperate for the compassion that God shows us and, and they want us to share that with them. The biggest encouragement I feel is any level of understanding that anybody would ever have for my life. And, and I think we're all like that. If just somebody comes up and says, hey, you know what, I, you know, I feel for you what you're going through and what you're dealing with. Those are some of the things, and then they spend time with us, they care about what we're going through, they, they act on, on that knowledge in their life. Like that, that, that reaches all of us in significant ways. And as followers of Jesus, when we put it into practice, that reaches people in eternal ways. And so my encouragement to you, my encouragement for me, uh, my encouragement for all of us as, as we are thinking about what's happening in our lives, what's going around in the world, that we would be led by compassion. As we think about other people, we think about what's going on in their lives, we think about why they are experiencing life the way that they are, why they have the perspective that they have. And that we can be people who, even with others who are not compassionate, we can lead with compassion. And that will change things. It will change things for our life and how we experience the world. It will change the lives of others and how they see the world. As, as, we, as we think about this and as we center ourselves around how Jesus interacts with us, I just want to say a word of prayer for us that we can just pause for a minute and consider how God might be calling us to compassion in our lives. Let's pray. God, thank you for being compassionate with us, especially when we don't deserve it, um, because we don't. And, and God, forgive us when we don't reciprocate that compassion and show that to other people, because it's easy not to. It's, it's easy to um, kind of fall in the rut of just being tired, you know, of all the things that, that need to be done and all the things that need to be fixed. And God, we just ask that you would, you would show us how we can make a difference, maybe with just one other person, and just start with that one, one person at a time. And God, we know that you're in control. We know that you're going to take care of it. But God, give us the, the strength through your Holy Spirit to, uh, to share this with other people. We love you. We praise you in Jesus' name. We pray. Amen.